<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One More Minute. It's me, your host, Monique Mitchell. Today, we have a very special Combos with Mo episode. We have an incredible guest. If you are familiar with entrepreneurship or if you are a podcast head like myself, then this nice, amazing guy needs no introduction. Today, we have Mr. David Shands. He is an entrepreneur extraordinaire, a multi-million dollar motivator, and a person that is claimed the king of podcasts. So if you're not familiar, I'm going to read his bio just so you can get familiar. David Shands is a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and certified disc facilitator. He's, he is the CEO of David Shands LLC, a business, tra- business training and coaching firm that specializes in helping people become the best versions of themselves. Prior to launching his very first business, Sleep is for Suckers, David spent nearly a decade working in the hospitality industry where he learned the art of connecting with, serving, and developing people. David has written two books, Dreams Are Built Overnight and Networking No-Nos to help people navigate the transition into full-time entrepreneurship. He's the host of a popular podcast and one of my personal favorite, The Social Proof, where he interviews world-class game changers and some of the most brilliant minds in entrepreneurship. David embodies the spirit of possibility. He truly believes that anyone can succeed when put in the right environment. When he's not in the road speaking and building businesses, David loves to play Monopoly and spend time with his family. He is a proud husband, father, and Willingsboro, New Jersey native. He currently resides in the amazing and magical city of Atlanta, Georgia with his family. Everybody, let's give a warm welcome to David. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come sit with me with Convos with Mo. Now, welcome. You have anything you want to say? Want to tell your fans anything? Um. I'm excited. It's actually Willingboro. Willingboro. Okay. You gotta gotta rep it right. Uh, no, I'm 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 good, man. I am. Good. I'm just ready. I'm happy to be here. It's so happy, I'm happy to be here on the number one podcast in the world. Number one, not number two. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, part of your story is you worked at the Cheesecake Factory. Yep. And then you became a multi-million dollar coach, motivating money makers every single day. Tell us about your journey into entrepreneurship and how you became the king of podcasts. Uh, that's a really, really long story. So, like, there's so much in it. Uh, I don't know how I became an entrepreneur. I just remember one day raking my leaves in my lawn, like, on my lawn, and my dad made me rake. And uh, at first I was complaining about it because I started to, I think I was, I was learning about slavery in school. And I'm like, they just they would make the people work and they would just pay them in food. And that's how I felt about my dad. <laughs> but, so I'm breaking a lawn and he's not giving me any money. And then I just see other lawns in the neighborhood that have leaves on the lawn. So I don't know where you get the idea of, let me just go knock on the neighbor's lawn and see if she'll give me some money to uh, rake her leaves. But that's what I did. And that was my first touch on, Entrepreneur. This is like my first touch on entrepreneurship, and then I'm in school. I mean, I'm I'm at the grocery store, uh, Walmart. Actually, I remember it. it was Walmart. I remember what aisle I was in, and I see some Jolly Ranchers on the shelf, and it was like family size. I'm like, dang, that's a lot of Jolly Ranchers. And I think it was just around my birthday or something like that. And I don't know what made me um, like turn the bag over 
and try to figure out how many Jolly Ranchers were actually in the bag versus how much. Now, I'm young at this point. I'm in, I'm in elementary school, but math has always been my subject. That was, the only, that was the only subject, even through school, college, that I ever got right because numbers just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how much money can I make? At least I could sell enough Jolly Ranchers to like make sure I get to eat them for free. You know what I mean? Because I thought the number of the the bag, like the cost of the bag, I was like, dang, that ain't that ain't bad. That's cheap. So obviously, just like every other entrepreneur in the world, you'd start selling candy in school. So I don't know how I started becoming an entrepreneur or what sparked that concept in my mind, because some people's brain don't work like that. But mine does. You know what I mean? So um, just as a kid, started an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey, worked a bunch of jobs. I uh, started working at the Cheesecake Factory and started a business called Sleepless for Suckers, where I was selling T-shirts. I was able to quit my job three and a half years, two and a half years after I started that company. Long story short, um, I was doing entrepreneurial stuff in the community, doing events and things of that nature. And I decided to do a conference. And I came up with this idea that I'm just going to interview the people that are going to be speaking at the conference in hopes that people see the interview and buy tickets to come see the person that they saw me interview. So that's how the whole podcast started. (laughs) Wow. You've been pretty successful at it. So that that was a good pivot. It's been cool. It's been cool. So I think, you know, right now we we talk about like COVID, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, the, the biggest theme for the last couple of years has been the great resignation, where a lot of people are quitting their jobs because they're finally finding freedom to maybe go do something else that aligns with with their other goals or people are following their dreams. But you were fortunate enough to kind of do that before it became a popular thing Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of bridge that gap between your reality and your dreams. How did you find the courage to do that? I mean, you know, most people like a steady paycheck every two weeks with benefits. You know, you worked in the hospitality field. I'm sure your tips were amazing. How did you decide, you know, I'm going to risk it all and go do something else to get closer to what I want to do? Um, I don't know. My tips are amazing, but. (laughs) So the question is, how did I find the courage Uh to do something else? Yeah. Um, Can I answer the question with a question for you since I am an interviewer as well? Yeah. So you have a job, right? Yes. How do you find the courage to stay? Um, I find the courage to stay because I've been fortunate enough to blend my passion uh, with my dreams. And it is actually something that touches other people. So I want to work in television. I like entertainment. And I was able to, I've been following my dreams since I was seven years old. I know that I want to work in this field since I was a little girl. And everything I've done up until this point has been in alignment with that. So, Which, which, is, which, which is, is a blessing, for sure. It's a huge blessing. And I'm, you know, I'm very grateful. So I think that keeps me staying because now I'm working in a field where I'm doing what I want to do, but I'm in a position to help other people um, to kind of help them touch and reach their dreams, whether it's a creative or someone that wants to work on the management side. So I, I'm able to bridge that gap for people's dreams. So I think that's what keeps me where I'm at now. Good. So if you had your own station or your own channel or whatever, you could probably help even more people. Mm-hmm. Right. Or. Like if, the, if the, let's just say it was something you truly desired to do, it would take a lot of courage to not do that. Yeah. It takes like courage to give up on your dream to maybe um, 
I don't want to say like build somebody else's dream, but it takes a lot of courage to not do what you feel like you've been called to do. So people ask me the question a lot and I don't, I don't really understand the question because like it's, if you knew you had a gift to do something else and I knew my gift wasn't waiting tables, you're in a much better position because you're doing something that you loved. I didn't grow up saying I would love to work at the cheesecake factory. Mm-hmm. I would love to serve tables. I didn't grow up like that. Yeah. But you grew up that way. Like, yo, I wanted to be in TV. I, like, I, 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 I like that space. Well, for me, it would take a lot of courage to not be an entrepreneur or not be the thing that I know that I can be. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at it as courage. I look at it as, like, what took me so long. Yeah. The cur- that like, it, it really, um, it really takes a selfish person to work an unfulfilled job. Especially if you're only making $30,000, dollars a year like I was. Because I made enough money to take care of myself, but that is a one-man job. In terms of like the money that I was making, $30,000, I, I wasn't like struggling me personally. I had a couple of dollars. It was, I didn't have no wife, kids, nothing like that. But I can't do nothing for my mom making 30, 40,000. Mm-hmm. That's a very selfish thing. I, if I just stayed there, I can't do anything for my family. I can't do anything for my community. I can do something for my church, but I mean, let's say 10% of 30,000 is only $3,000. How are we going to support a church that way? Yeah. So it, I, I really don't look at it as like, it took me courage and I had to leap, especially because it wasn't, people think that you got to decide to be an entrepreneur today and quit your job tomorrow. And it doesn't work that way. I told myself I wouldn't even quit my job until I hit my quit number, which is the number that I decided that if I make this consistently three, four, five months in a row, then I quit. But if I don't make the money, I'm not quitting. Mm -hmm. So if I can make enough to take care of myself consistently, then I'll quit. So it wasn't, it wasn't courage. It was like, oh, wow, I did it for four months in a row. Yeah. It's like, I got to (laughs) quit. Got to keep going. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So it wasn't. So it was more so about changing your reality. You knew you had to change your reality. It was just about. It was a matter of time when you were going to do it. Creating a plan, yeah. actually. Hundred percent. So you know when I read when I you know did my research on you you know you consider yourself to paint the future with your words. It's like your calling, right? You're you're, you're a great connector. I feel like you're a great um, conversationalist. How did you know that that was your thing? Like, how did you know that, you know, you wanted to be, I feel like you're like a, you're, you're a bridge builder. How'd you know you want to be a bridge builder? Um, dang, I wish I had a really good answer for you, but, um, I found out I was a good bridge builder by building bridges. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, you are, I don't know. You might be one of your homegirls come to you and say, yo, I'm really going through something. And they come to you and after your conversation, they feel better. They're like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that talk. And then maybe one of your siblings comes to you and they're really having a hard time. And it's your words. Your words provide comfort. Mm-hmm. It's not that you set out to be a comforter of words. It's just, exactly. it's a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? So even today, I connect people not because it's some art, but I, I see the need. And 
I had to help. Like, if you need somebody, if somebody asked me, who do you know in, like, radio, television, the film, I would probably say, yo, you need to holler at Mo. I didn't practice this. We just had this conversation, right? But yeah, I have I have an abundance mindset where just because somebody else benefits doesn't mean I lose. Mm. But some people look at helping somebody else as it's taking away from them somehow. But I think the more people you help, the more relationship equity you build up. And if I help you enough times, one day you're going to find an opportunity to help me. And then people will look at me like I'm the connector. Oh, Mo brought you this. No, I helped her a hundred times. And then I helped Angela and I helped Joe and I helped Jen and I helped David. And now I got all these people that I've been able to assist selfish, selfishly. And now I have a network. So I, I, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know. I can't remember to start, but I, I, I can tell you this, and this might help the audience. I think we're all naturally blessed with some sort of ability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's the thing that you you didn't practice, but you just came out that way? What's that thing for you? Oh, uh, I'm a talker. I love, I, I love, my name means wonderful counselor. So people come mm. with their problems all the time. So I kind of live up to it. People are like, oh, I need right, so, I'm like, oh. So my, my question for you is, Mo, how'd you become a talker? You're like, <laughs> I leaned into who I am. Yeah, just I leaned into to what comes to me naturally. That is that is the bar that I like to leave your audience. Just like you got to identify you're wonderful. Like whatever your magic, your sauce, you're wonderful, whatever that is, lean into it. And it, it like but it takes some time to like figure out this is where I'm amazing. Yeah. But we all have something where that, that's amazing about us. Everybody. But I think one of the challenges is we're like in this social media land where we want everybody else's gift. So some people are going to jump into podcasting because they see Monique is a wonderful. Oh, my gosh. She asked the most amazing questions or I'm in the podcast space and say, I want to do that. But now you you might be forcing yourself outside of who you really are. Mm -hmm. You might be the person behind the scenes. You might be more effective as a manager than a talent. But you want to be a talent because social media says you should be the talent. Well, you should probably thrive behind the scenes where you're super comfortable, super natural, and you win that way. So that's a good one. Um, I feel like, you know, we're in an age where everybody has to have a brand. You know, if you can sell now, you feel like you got to sell blankets and T-shirts. And I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think everybody's <laughs> everybody is meant to have a business of some sort. Right. Um, I guess the next question I have for you, kind of in line with that, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship and I feel like entrepreneurship is a hot topic, you know, within the last couple of years. Do you think that everybody is an entrepreneur? Why or why not? Um, obviously, everyone isn't an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, and everybody's not going to be an entrepreneur, but I do feel like everyone should think like an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So... Let's say there's somebody at your job, right? And they, they work in the mailroom, right? They, or they get everybody's coffee. Thinking like an entrepreneur says, yo, how can I go from being in the mailroom to whatever that next position is? And it takes strategy. It takes networking. It takes um, determination. It takes hard work. All of the stuff it takes to be an entrepreneur. But the goal isn't to build my own business. I just want to get to the next level. I just have to 
think, how am I going to get to that next level of my life? How can I be a little bit more than I am today? So I don't think everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, but I think everyone needs to think like an entrepreneur for sure. What are, what are some ways that people can think entrepreneurially? Um, identifying what you want and figure out how you're going to get it. Mm. So let's say, for, are you married? No, not married. You're dating? Dating? Not dating. <laughs> not really? Just single. Just single. Okay. <laughs> so there might be, it might be my man right in the mailroom. He like, oh my gosh, Monique is so cute. I don't want to be an entrepreneur, but something special about her. I need to figure out how I can get close. Okay, so what he might do is thinking like an entrepreneur. He sees you talking to a certain group of people every day. And he's going to go up to that group of friends and say, yo, listen, please do me a favor. Do not tell Monique that I'm digging her. But I have some advice. I, I, I have some questions. What do you think I can do to get into Monique's good favor. What would I have to do? That's simply him thinking about an entrepreneur. I'm not going to the, to the goal. I'm going to talk around the goal to figure out the best way to get to the goal. That's me thinking like with ingenuity, mm-hmm. thinking like an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as, an, as, as a business owner, I'm thinking, okay, I want to make $100,000 a year. Okay, well, that's $8,300 a month, meaning I got to make $275 a day. What will pay me $275 a day? Well, if I sold t-shirts for $25 each and I sold 11 of them every day, wow, I always got to sell 11 really cool t-shirts every day and I'll make $100,000 a year. How am I going to sell these 11 t-shirts? I'm going to go to barbershops. I'm going to ask my friends. I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to find other people to sell the shirts for me. That is how you begin to think like an entrepreneur. Mm. Just how to solve a problem. And, and, and try to get to the other side of it. Yes. Yes. There's levels of entrepreneurs. So I don't know, you know, whatever your, your podcast is doing right now. But let's say, um, I don't know, your podcast is at $10,000, 10,000 downloads a week, let's say. And your question to yourself is, how do I get to 20,000? Now the thought starts to, now we start brewing. Mm -hmm. How is the question? How am I going to do it? And it just takes thought. But most people do not think. They don't ever like sit down and think. I'm talking about like a five, 10 minute session with yourself, with a whiteboard. I got a whiteboard right here. Actually, forget the graphic of it. But I have a, I got this, this shower. It's like, you know, like you have like the glass shower joint. Mm-hmm. If forensics came and put like a little blue light on my shower, uh-huh. it'll see formulas all over the shower. Because I'm in there like, okay, okay, what am I? Okay, this would lead to this. Okay, I got to do X amount of interviews. And I got numbers and formulas all on my, every, every day. <laughs> Every day. That's why it takes me so long in the shower because my mind doesn't stop trying to figure stuff out. So and that's in the shower. That's my think time. And that's been one of the major things that helped me become a successful entrepreneur today. When you think about uh, being successful, I feel like opportunity is just, it can be, it can be a bit of a broad subject, but not really. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think opportunity finds you or do you, or should you go out and find opportunity? Or do you think it could be both? Do you think it could live together simultaneously? 
That is a really good question. That's a really, really good question. Maybe a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more you work in a space, the more opportunity arises, right? So we got this interview, not because we knew each other, right? But there was actually a list of like the top podcasts. And I think you were just on the list. And then I tell Angela, Angela, you reach out to these sets of podcasts and let's get me on it. Because this is a part of me thinking through a strategy on how I'm going to get to my goal. Hmm. Well, this might be, I don't know, this might be an opportunity for you. I don't know. But if it is, it wasn't because you did anything. You, you, you like were looking at it or seeking it out. It's just you did the same thing over and over again. So more and more opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to look for it. But you're preparing your business, preparing your brand, building your company, and opportunities will arise. Now, there are going to be some other people where you're going to look for opportunities. On my side, this was me looking for you. Yeah. I was looking to get on this podcast. This is an opportunity for me. So I had to go find this opportunity because you wasn't going to call me. <laughs> or better yet, here's another part of that. Now, you're someone that I follow. You are the king of podcasts. I watch your snippets. I read your tweets. I put, I share them in my stories. You did a video with my favorite pastor who I pay my tithes to every two weeks. <laughs> uh, Darius Daniels. I have been obsessed with him for at least the last five years. He gets, I've never, I've been to one of his churches, one of his church um, uh, services here in Atlanta. I've never met him in real life, but I follow everything that he does. And he did a mm-hmm. full video about, you know, anxiety. I was just like, wow, how two of my people on the same pot, like they're literally sitting there together talking about stuff that I like to listen to. So in my mind, I'm like, God, I would love to work with David Shans, but I'm thinking he's the king of podcasts. I'm just a little low podcast. How would that ever happen for me? Lo and behold, literally a couple of weeks later, you're on my podcast. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a thing of wow. you know, like destiny and preparation and opportunity, how they just kind of, um, merge together, but I think that sometimes when people go look for opportunity, like this one, you outthink yourself from the opportunity because you don't think that you're big enough or you don't have the things, but when it's supposed to happen, you can have two followers and it's just going to happen. So absolutely, um, that's quite wonderful that, you know, I was on the list of top podcasts. I'm going to now put that in my <laughs> IG bio. I'm gonna talk about As you should. In Atlanta. Um, you and you should want to be on my show because I've now interviewed David Shans, the king of podcasts. 100%. Um, um, so let's pivot a little bit. Um, you are known for Sleep Is For Suckers. Tell us about what sleep, what is Sleep Is For Suckers for those who may not know. And what is like, what's the sucker? Well, the brand uh, is geared to, it's a t-shirt brand uh-huh. geared towards entrepreneurship and anyone that's ever lost sleep doing what they love. So all of our shirts have positive uh, motivational words on it. Like this one says, um, execution over excuses. It's that simple. I live by this stuff, right? So um, it was a t-shirt brand that I started while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. In the beginning, I literally slept very little. Mm. I mean, I'm working all day on my job and all night on my dream until it was time to go to work the next morning. It was just a grind because, I I mean, I didn't have any like special skills like that. I didn't have a whole lot of money, but what I did have was time. So because I have time, I'm going to use the time that I have 
to work on this business. And I didn't feel the need to sleep for eight hours. So I'm, I'm going to work and work and work until I fall asleep. Those days, I would never go to sleep. I would fall asleep. Wow. But um, eventually, I began to um, kind of grow and understand entrepreneurship. And I realized that sleeping isn't necessarily a physical act. It's not just like sleeping in a bed, but some people have a, uh, a gift and they're sleeping on their own gifts. They're sleeping on their own ability. You should know that you're a giant, but you don't. You sleep on you. So there's many different ways to sleep. You can watch TV all day. We consider that sleep. You're playing video games all day. Sleep. You go out with your girls every single weekend. Every weekend, when you have some goals to accomplish, you sleep. So there's so many different ways to sleep. And um, that's pretty much the message I built the brand off of. So speaking of sleeping, when you think about dreams, I feel like a lot of people have dreams and they don't dream big enough. Mm. What are your thoughts on dreaming outside the box, right? I feel, you know, people are practical, right? You dream, like you might have a dream. Oh, I want to go get, you know, that amazing Popeye's chicken sandwich from the Popeye's down the street. That's my dream. I'm going to go get it. Mm. Oh, I want to, I want to be the CEO of Popeye's. Like, how do you, how do you tell, you know, people that you, that are on your um, morning meetup, which we'll talk about in a little bit, how do you get people to dream bigger and to reach higher um, and to think outside the box when it comes to thinking about what they want to do and where they want to be? Well, um, I think we dream to the level of our experiences and our environment. Mm -hmm. So the more people that you're around, um, those people will shape your dream. Mm -hmm. So I, my goal was to make $100,000 a year because I heard this, I heard about six figures and I'm like, whoa, anybody will respect someone to make six figures. But at the time, that was my dream because that was as big as I could dream. I never met, like, I didn't have a whole lot of multimillionaires in my circle of influence. I, I know a couple of people that were doing well, but the, 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 the mo most of my circle made around what I made, 30,000, 40,000, really successful person, 75,000. So I'm thinking, wow, I know somebody to make 75, so 100,000 would be super successful for me. And then you wind up making six figures and you realize it's not that much money. But then you get around people who have, who the norm is a million dollar year. And then that becomes the dream. Or a little higher than that. And then you make a million. And you're, for some reason, when you make a million, you're, you're around people who make eight figures. And you're like, that's the dream. And then nine figures, that's the dream. But it's only because of like what you see, what you experience, the people that you're around. So if I can get someone to, uh, if I can like create a conversation mm -hmm. that just starts to, to turn the gears in the mind, they'll start dreaming bigger. But if nobody comes to turn the gears in your mind, you're not going to dream any bigger. Yeah. Here's what I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. If you and I hung out together on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you'll start to dream bigger. Only because I'm a big dreamer and I will be now in your environment. I don't know who you're around now, but your environment will dictate your dream. Mm. Just is what it is. I got around people who got like really, really big dreams, like really, really big. My friend said, 
He made eight million last year, and the goal is twenty five this year. My question is, what gives you the audacity to think that you're going to do three times what you did this year? Why are you, where do you get that from? And I asked him the question, of course. And he starts going through, oh, it's simple. I already got the formula. This is what I'm going to do. It. I'm going to do that. And he just, he joined these masterminds where all these people are making nine figures. And he's like, yo, I mean, it'd be simple. What's crazy is, I have about 800 people in my morning meetup, and the goal right now is 10,000. What gives me the audacity to think I'm going to like 11x what I did last year? Well, I'm in an environment where we just go bigger. And probably I only have 800 people in our community, probably because I didn't have a conversation with somebody that was stretching bigger. I met somebody who has a community of 30,000 paying members. So me even going for 10,000 is a lot. It's believable. I know you. You got 30,000 people to pay you every month. <laughs> I'm dreaming bigger now. I know that. I'm right. My, my dreams are already expanding. I'm like, gosh, I got to get, get my weight up. It works. It works. <laughs> I got to expand these dreams. Um, you know, I think the other part of dreams, I think why people don't dream big, one, is because they're scared. Two, some people, like you said earlier, some people don't dream big because they had a bad experience. With that, my favorite F word is F word is failing. Um, how has failing helped move your your branding and purpose forward? Um, you just learn not to do that no more. I mean, <laughs> if you fall off your bike, like you realize what you did to fall off your bike, and that's the only way you like grow. I have a daughter now; she'll get up, take a few steps, and fall. But now, like, I hold her, like, sh- her, she'll wrap her finger, she'll wrap her hand around my finger, and I'll just walk with her, mm-hmm. right? And I, what I understand about that process is I'm teaching her how to walk, even though she just keeps falling. Then you got to have somebody come across and say, okay, well, come on, let's just keep practicing, because she won't practice on her own, probably because all the time she stands up, takes a few steps, and falls. Mm-hmm. She's not going to practice on her own. So you need a mentor. You need a coach. You need somebody that's going to say, hey, ah, ah, ah. so I'll stand her up and she'll she'll start to squat. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. Nope. Don't do that. <laughs> but if I let my daughter just be my daughter, she'll probably crawl longer than she needs to. Because of every time I stand up, daddy, I fall. So um, I, I don't think uh, failure is... A, I believe failure is a prerequisite to success. How do you know how to do it right if you never do it wrong? Mm-hmm. Have you had a, a large, what, what was the largest thing or the biggest thing you've gained from like a loss? You're, you're an entrepreneur. I'm sure you've had a lot of financial losses in terms of an investment that went wrong or, you know, you had a strategy that didn't work out. What was the biggest thing you gained from that? Like what was a big loss for you? Uh, I lost $15,000 in a real estate flip. Um, because I didn't have mentorship Mm. and I'm not super familiar with real estate. Mm. My entrepreneurial mind says, oh, well, the house is messed up. It's worth how much? Remember, I'm good at math. Numbers, I got it. It's worth how much? How much I'm buying for? Oh, cool. No problem. I'll just get the stuff fixed up. It don't work that way. I can't apply the things that I know to real estate. 
Mm-hmm. So I have a partner, Terika, who all her whole world is real estate. Like she is the youngest female developer in the whole state of Louisiana. Wow. So I learned if I'm going to build a real estate portfolio, I need to build it with somebody who this is what she does. So I learned, stop going at stuff you don't understand alone. Okay. Good to know. I.e. stay in your lane. Stay. <laughs> well, not stay in your lane, but if you get in somebody's lane, yeah. you get in another lane, get in somebody else's car. They you know can right? or, or they could drive with you. You get the passenger seat. For sure. Get in the driver's seat. So you like a student with. driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the next question I have for you is... Um, I feel like pivoting is very important um, with anything. How can someone, or how have you pivoted right where you were? You know, you talked about you were at Cheesecake Factory. You were doing, I mean, you kind of live like two lives. You were a server, but you also were an entrepreneur. You fell asleep. You didn't go to sleep. How can someone pivot right where they are today to get to where they're trying to go? Uh, Just a little bit. I think, one, you, you definitely need to identify where you're going. Because I know exactly where I wanted to go. I know how much money I wanted to make. So I think it starts with the destination. But uh, I think a lot of people don't have a destination. They're just walking. They're just moving through life. When a good idea hits them, they go with it. Because they don't know where they're going. So we're walking. Imagine like walking. Somebody says, yo, come over here. You're like, oh, what y'all doing over there? Oh, we got this opportunity. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go over there. And then you realize it's not really an opportunity at all. It just took you off path. And you start walking again. And somebody else will say, hey, why don't you come over here? We got some good stuff over here. You're like, oh, let me go see what's going on with the good stuff. But if you were in a, if you were like moving towards a destination and someone said, hey, come over here, you'd ask different questions. Like, hold on. Um, will something over there help me get to where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't ask, we don't ask ourselves that question. So we get taken off track. So it's not about pivoting. It's about knowing where you want to go and you just keep the path of going there. Now, you may um, experience some things along the journey where it will have you kind of go a different route, like a detour, but not going to a different place. The detour leads you around just it takes a little longer, but you're still, eventually you'll be right back on track. So I haven't necessarily pivoted a lot. It's just all been going towards the same direction. Yeah. And, and perhaps, you know, making whatever changes you need to make along the way. If mm-hmm. you feel like you need to make some adjustments. Yeah. Um, so next, let's talk about your podcast. You are the king of podcasts. Talk about how you kind of just, not that you fell into it, but you were looking for a way to advertise and market your, your conference that you created. Yeah. Um, why do you think you've done so well in podcasting? Um, that's one part of the question. And I think the other part of the question is, um, why do you think podcasting is important? Well, I think I've done well because I get a chance to be myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to front for nobody. Sometimes a guest uses a word I don't know, and I get to say, hold on, okay, I don't. what does that word mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. So I really get to be myself. I think that's why um, I've been able to succeed at podcasting, but I believe podcasting is really important for a couple re- couple reasons. One, the world listens to voices now, not necessarily music as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was a chart or something like that where you can see like, like in the 90s, people listen to this much music and then 
it like kind of rolled down in the 2000s. I don't, I don't know if there's a chart, but I would imagine that music listening is at a is at a hundred year low. Maybe not a hundred year, but thirty year low for sure. For sure. When you get in your car, you don't just. You could ask somebody a question. If I, how old are you? Well, thirty four. You're thirty four. Okay, good. If I ask you the question, when you get in your car, what are you listening to? Ten years ago, what would you what would you say? My CDs that I burned illegally. Yikes! On that. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, Absolutely, your CDs. It's not you understand the question is what type of music are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Like if I asked you the question 10 years, it's like, yo, you in your car, when you get in your car, what you listen to? You'd have probably named the CD. Mm-hmm. Or oh, right now I'm listening to NDRE, or right now I'm listening to this or that, right? The question 10 years ago already knew already um represented music. Am I right? What are you listening to these days? And you think about music. But now when I ask people what they do when they get in their car, they don't automatically say music. They say, well, I listen to podcasting Mm -hmm. or I listen to talk radio or I listen to interviews. It's not given that you listen to music. Mm -hmm. You can't even ask somebody, yo, what music you listen to? Would you listen to when you got here? Because you know somebody might, well, I wasn't listening to music. I was listening to Social Proof Podcast. So... Look at the signs on the wall. Look what's happening to the habits of people. They're listening to voices. Yeah. You listen to Breakfast Club, right? Yep. I just watched the interview today. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. The Breakfast Club, you know they play music, right? Yeah, but I'm not interested in it. But when I say Breakfast Club, you automatically think the interview side of it. Mm-hmm. That is a radio show where they like have a radio music. They play music. They play songs. New. It's a radio show. But when I say Breakfast Club, you're like, oh, yeah, I just listened to an interview. Look what's happening in the world. So yeah. why wouldn't everybody go hard with podcasting? This is I feel like I'm a rapper in the 80s. Where we see like we we hear this whole hip hop thing coming and like I'm jumping into hip hop. In the 80s, look at all the legends. They all started around the same time. Jay-Z, Biggie, Tupac, Puff, Dre, uh, Snoop. The legends that you like, you listen to today, Nas, they all started around the same time. Mm-hmm. Right when they realized, oh, this hip-hop thing is catching on. So I'm going to be like Jay-Z a podcaster. <laughs> You get you just ahead of the game. You already ahead of the game, and you're retired. So are you? You started before. You started like four years before me. Yeah, I did. It was just a and I and I. You know how I was recording my podcast on my cell phone in my cell phone um, voice notes. I was recording it that way, and then I would send it to my computer, upload it on SoundCloud. Did you take any breaks? I took a couple breaks. Fatal mistake. Yeah. So I need you to give me a virtual pinky swear right now that you are not going to take any more breaks. No more breaks. No more breaks. No more breaks. There no we go. Breaks. If you know, if you are consistent, just pushing this message and pushing your show and pushing interesting conversations, you would be Oprah. You'll be like a young Oprah. Joe Rogan, obviously all the stuff he got going on, but people say, oh, he got a hundred million dollar year deal while well, he'd been doing it for 12 years consistently 
Well, you don't have to tell me twice, okay? <laughs> you will have an episode for Monique Mitchell on One Moment in Podcast. Let's go. And you got my word on it. Let's do um, it. It's so funny you say consistency. You know, consistency and complacency. How do you think those two are synonymous? Uh, I don't know. Okay, consistency and complacency. How are they anonymous? anonymous. Different, right? Different. Synonymous or anonymous? Synonymous. Synonymous. Okay, that's not even the other word. What's the other word for synonymous? What's the other word where it's like not the same? Um, Synonyms. Antonym? An answer. Okay. Okay, so you want to know how are they different or the same? <laughs> how are they the same? Uh, consistency and complacency. I think. How do they, think, how do they part it together? How do they work together? Mm-hmm. Or against each other, rather. Complacency means comfortable? hmm Okay. Um, I definitely think it's uh, a... It's, it's a, it's a consistency can be dangerous because you do something consistently so long that you never improve and you get complacent in your consistency. So it's one thing to just do a podcast every week because you can be consistent. But you can be complacent and not trying to grow it. Mm. So I think like you got to keep doing innovative stuff. With my podcast, I'm always, I'm never getting complacent, but I'm sticking with my consistency. So right now, it's, it, my podcast is I interview people, right? Mm-hmm. But now we've taken it to dinner series. So every once a month, we do a dinner series, we sell tickets, and we, have, we, we, um, we curate very interesting conversations. Mm. with seven people on a panel and we feed dinner and you know it's all kind of stuff q a this is really really dope so i'm consistent but i can place it because i want to keep growing i love that that's a good one mm-hmm. i got the demo momentum i gotta keep growing and i'm gonna come to the next dinner so you'll come on come on um so, you know, we talk about social proof. We talk about how you got started. You know why podcasts are important. I realized at 34, I'm turning into my late father who had forced me to listen to WNPR in Miami. Now mm-hmm. I listen to NPR. That's how I get my news. I'm listening to talk radio. Was never really that girl, but I'd rather listen to that versus my own curated playlist because I'm, I'm a 90s girl. And it's not really 90s R&B. I'm not really listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find podcasts and talk radio to be a lot better because I'm able to kind of listen to what I want to listen to and actually take something away from it. Um, with Social Proof, what has been your favorite episode to date? And you interviewed a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't been through, I'm like, oh my gosh, like who has me interviewed? And all types of people. What's your favorite one? Uh, it's like asking me, like, what's my favorite child? I don't know. I don't or know. Rather, I, I like, I'm sorry? I was going to say, or rather, what's your favorite thing to talk about? People. People, okay. Yeah, just their journey of how they became the person that they are. One of my favorite interviews, uh, we didn't record it. There were no cameras, there were no mics. But one of the most life-changing interviews I ever had was a homeless man on the street. Wow. It was crazy. I'm downtown, I'm actually on Peter Street. I'm with a couple guys, and this guy comes up, homeless guy, and he says, hello, gentlemen. I don't mean to bother you, 
But would you happen to have some change? Happen to have any money you could spare? I'm just looking to eat something. And But he was so articulate, so well-spoken. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, like, he's not supposed to be here. He's not supposed to be in this position. Wow. So I, I had some cash, and I said, yes, I will give you some cash. But um, I asked a very insensitive question. And I, but I wanted to know. I said, well, how did you get here? How did you... How did you get to the point where you are homeless asking us for money? Mm. I don't have time to go through his answer, but the most life-changing interview I've ever done in my life. Because I got get I got a chance to get to know him and his story. And that's one of the things, the genuine curiosity is what truly fuels my podcast because I love talking to people and getting to know them. Mm. That's a gift. That's a really gift. Knowing what to ask and making people comfortable enough to share their story and share their viewpoint, you know, without judgment. That's truly. Well, I think that's more of like the talent. The gift is the fact that I really want to get to know people. Yeah. I think that's the true gift because you can't, it's not, you can learn how to ask questions. A gift is, I believe, something that you don't have to work for. If I give you a gift, you didn't work for it. You just. Just something you got. The gift that God gave me is a heart to want to know mm. people's story. That's the true gift. So that's a good one. It's it's showing evidence today. You yeah. your gift. Yeah, this has been a really good interview so far. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that made my day. <laughs> um, so I so let's talk about the morning meetup. Um, what is it? How can someone join? What makes morning meetup different from social group? Um, it's not just, I guess, I don't know if it's different, but, um, everything I do is wrapped around community. Mm-hmm. So the social group podcast, I interview successful people to give information to people who truly desire to become successful. Mm-hmm. The morning meetup, I'm with a group of people who truly desire to be more successful than they are, and we teach them the same thing. And I get a lot of people that are on the podcast to come into the morning meetup, so we talk to them anyway. So it's really like the same thing, kind of, but um, we have such a big community of amazing, loving, helpful uh, family members and I believe one of the major keys to success is you have to be in an environment that is primed for you to grow. Mm-hmm. Certain seeds will not grow in the desert, period. Even if it's a good seed, it's a really good seed, really strong seed. But in the wrong environment, it's just not going to grow. So the morning meetup is the right environment for anybody that has a dream or a goal and wants to wants to get to the next level in life because it's not just about what I have to say. It's about me teaching. And then my friends coming on the call and teaching. And then the people in the community that teach each other. Wow. It's abs- it's just amazing. Somebody had a question this morning about, man, she said, what is your next launcher podcast challenge? And I said, I don't know. Um, and you could buy the course because my course 
will teach you how to podcast. It's just a dope course. And I said, before you even buy the course, um, she, I was like, what is your pressing question? She was like, she said something like the camera set up or something like that. And then I asked on the call, who's going to help her set up her camera and all that. And like five people like, yo, I got her. No problem. Cool. Boom. She didn't even have to buy my course. The community helped. Where else do you find that? Where else would you find five, 600 entrepreneurs gathering every single morning to learn something, to start their day off on the right? Where else would you go? Nowhere. Oh. Well, it's amazing. So Sunday, social proof is like the Sunday service. And then more to meet up is like the Bible study. It's like the extra. Every day. <laughs> Every day. It's like the extra little piece. It's like the devotional portion Absolutely. of the church service. I'm digging it. <laughs> I'm digging it. Well, I'm going to have to join more to meet up because I'm already practicing. Oh, you would love it. You would be perfect for the morning meetup. Yeah. I, I, I made the morning meetup for you, actually. Well, uh, well, you're going to see me. I'm going to be there. Yeah. So we're going to close out our interview. I have a couple more questions, but, you know, you're a fearless. Oh, real quick. I'm so sorry. TheMorningMeetup.com. Because you asked me, how did you join? TheMorningMeetup.com. TheMorningMeetup.com. Okay, go ahead. Awesome. So, you know, you are a fearless leader. You are motivating people. You are leading. How do you stay motivated? And who leads you? Um... I'm in a couple of masterminds. Mm-hmm. I'm in a couple of mastermind groups. They're very, very motivating. Uh, my family, my wife, my daughters, they're inspiring to me. I want to continue to provide more for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in church every Saturday and Tuesday evening. So that is my um that's my inspiration to not be so focused on how to make money because I believe uh, with my whole heart that this world will not, uh, the world wasn't designed to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And after we leave this place, there's another place that we're going to go to. Um, well, I guess there's two options, I suppose. So uh, my inspiration to be a better person comes from my faith. Mm. Yep. I'm very spiritual. I listen Good. to Sabbath all day long. Literally, I just have a playlist. They just play every day. Wake up, listen. Good. To Good. I listen to Steve Harvey's, you know, little morning minute thing that he's got that gets me going. It's got that good '70s song. I forgot the name of the song, but I, I love the song. It helps me. <laughs> good. Good. Um. So I guess the last question I have for you: What are some words to live by? What are, What are some things? Some words that having a bad day or you know, you got a lot going on. What, what, what's a quote or some words or something that your mom told you or your dad told you that you, you lean in on to, um, to live by? Um, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the words I live by. It's just not that bad. My, my mind will create um, dangerous scenarios. I think it's the worst thing in the world, but I realize that it's not that bad and it could always be worse. So if you ever go to a third world country, go fly out to Jamaica and walk down the street and you'll realize whatever you are complaining about on the trip, it's not that bad. 
or you might have, you know, a be in a relationship or a marriage or something like that. And it's tough, but you see some other people like me and my wife, we go through stuff. But then we look at other couples, we like, dang, it ain't that bad. <laughs> but we all do it. It ain't that bad. So um, I think as long as you remember that it ain't that bad, um, you can get through anything. That was fantastic. That's a great last like bar. Mm-hmm. Ain't that bad. You can get through anything. Um, so, David, before we go, where can we find you? We, you know, with the morningmeetup.com is where you all can join the morning meetups. You can get your morning started right, get your little coffee, get you a little motivation. Where else can we find you on Instagram? so first and foremost y'all need to go tap into my podcast social proof podcast look it up on all everywhere you listen to podcasts okay social proof podcast go check that out um and on instagram at sleep is four suckers with the number four s-l-e-e-p-i-s the number four s-u-c-k-e-r-s Social Proof Podcast on Instagram as well. I believe Social Proof Podcast or David Never Sleeps or something like that on TikTok and on YouTube, David Never Sleeps. So just, I'm all, I'm not hard to find. Yes. And make sure you go find them, follow them, like sure. it, stuff, share it, listen, take some notes, all that good stuff. Um, so as always here at the One More Minute Podcast, we're going to keep giving you Mo. David, thank you so much for wanting to be on the One More Minute Podcast. This is monumental for us. We're going to keep podcasting so we can be the next Oprah. We'll see that as a, a bit of prophecy. So we're going to continue to go with that. Um, <laughs> thank it. you so much for sharing your gems. Um, we will make sure that we support your business, make sure that we are part of the Morning Meetup team. Um, and everybody listening to this podcast, make sure that you listen, like, and subscribe. You all can follow me on Instagram at Monique A. Mitchell. You can follow me on Twitter at Magnificent11. And you also can log on to my website, www.moniqueamitchell.com to get in contact with me. Thank you all so much. And until next time.